As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Our 2021 team preview series continues with the New York Mets. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Wednesday, February 3rd. I'm Al Melkier, and I am here with Derek Van Riper and DVR. Are you ready to meet the Mets? <laughs> I am. It's a fun team, of course, with the acquisition of Francisco Lindor. It's an offense that'll put plenty of runs on the board and maybe some questions about how the pitching staff comes together and, and even what they do in the back end to close out games with some of the options they've got in that pen now. Yeah, well, this should definitely be an intriguing uh, addition within our series of team previews. So really uh, eager here to uh, introduce Tim Britton. He is the Mets beat writer for The Athletic and also is on the Metrospective uh, podcast. So, Tim, thanks so much for joining us and uh, helping us make sense of these uh, new look Mets. Oh, anytime. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, our pleasure. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's start off talking about the hitters. And of course, we've got a couple of new hitters in the lineup, uh, most notably, of course, Francisco Lindor, but also uh, James McCann uh, added to a lineup that last year was uh, second in the major leagues in WRC+. plus. So uh, an even better lineup, uh, ostensibly in 2021. But I'm, I'm particularly interested in the role that Dominic Smith might play this year because he had a fantastic uh, season in 2020. Uh, towards the end of the year, he was frequently in the cleanup spot. But now, particularly with the addition of Lindor, uh, is Smith going to play as prominent of a role in the offense? Will he see uh, anywhere close to the middle of that order? Yeah, I mean, the, the Mets have, I think, figuring out where Dominic Smith fits offensively and defensively is one of the biggest question marks remaining for this franchise. You know, if if there is a DH in the National League in 2021, that solves a lot of problems for them. Smith can play first base pretty regularly, and Pete Alonso can be your designated hitter. If not, Smith has to kind of get uh, shimmied into that left field role that he's played a little bit uh, in past years. But 
Sandy Alderson has already said, you know, left field is not the ideal fit for, for Smith, and they would prefer not to have him there on a regular basis. Right now, they don't have a center fielder. They're, they're kind of going with Brandon Nimmo there at the moment. That might change between now and opening day. As far as the lineup goes, yeah, when you start to plot it out, uh, you know, Nimmo seems like such a good fit in that leadoff spot because of his high on base percentage. Lindor as a switch hitter hitting number two makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, then you have to decide, you know, is, is Jeff McNeil the next left-handed hitter you want in that lineup? Is Michael Conforto the next one or is Dominic Smith? And you, you kind of slot those guys in maybe three, five, seven or three, five, six, depending on your left-right balance. Uh, and that could be, uh, you know, you know, Alonzo probably slots in four in that order. Uh, you know, that, that can change a lot over the course of the season. Uh, you know, it might be where you start with Conforto third, Smith fifth, McNeil sixth. That's closer to where they were at the end of last season. Uh, but we saw them just last year in a short year juggle that lineup a fair bit where you had Alonzo and McNeil, their two best hitters from 2019, were hitting sixth and seventh a fair amount in 2020 and not that deep into the season just because of the way the lineup worked. So we've seen Louis Rojas as manager switch that lineup around and base it off of kind of in-the-moment productivity. So I, I don't think you go into this season expecting, well, Dominic Smith's going to hit third on a regular basis for this team or fourth or fifth. You know, you, you, I don't think you know really where he's going to hit uh, going into it. He's a really interesting hitter, though. I, I love him if the playing time is there. Kind of a fringy top 100 overall pick in early fantasy baseball drafts. Let's talk about this rotation. Jacob deGrom has been a staple in the first round for a couple of years now. A true ace. Carlos Carrasco gives them a really nice number two option, at least until Noah Syndergaard gets healthy. Starting with Syndergaard, what does the timetable look like for him to be game ready in 2021? Yeah, so his Tommy John surgery was at the end of March in 2020. You, you plot that out, kind of the 12 to 15 months that you hope a guy comes back in. Uh, I, I think no one really expects him to be ready for opening day. Uh, maybe Noah himself does. That He, he would be the one. Uh, the, the Mets have said kind of cautiously June. Uh, you know, when he underwent the surgery, I figured June or the All-Star break probably made the most sense for them. The last time the Mets had a, a pitcher who underwent Tommy John surgery around the same time as Syndergaard in March, it was Zach Wheeler, uh, and he ended up missing essentially two seasons because his, his recovery didn't go as smoothly. Uh, you know, the Mets certainly hope that Syndergaard is, is he's progressing beyond that point so far. Everything points to uh, a, a return sometime in 2020, 2021, but probably, I, I think, you're, look, you're looking at June, probably later June, the second half of that month, uh, and expecting a little bit more than half a season out of Syndergaard. Yeah, I think as you kind of look at the back half of the rotation, Marcus Stroman kind of fits in with the top three, of course, DeGrom, Carrasco, Stroman up top. You have David Peterson, Joey Lucchese, probably as the favorites to open the year in the four and five spot. A few other depth options that may compete for those opportunities. How do you see those final two rotation spots shaking out, at least in the first half of the season while the Mets are without Syndergaard? Yeah, I think we'll know a lot more when when we get to spring training. First off, if they've signed anyone between now and then. Uh, clearly, they've been in on Trevor Bauer, which would reshape that entire rotation. But I think even if they're not going to make that size investment, it wouldn't surprise me to see them play in the, the middle-tier starting pitching market that's still out there. Uh, before spring training starts, uh, because I, I don't think they want to go into the season necessarily with Peterson and Lucchese in that that rotation at the same time. I think it's probably an either or with those two. Uh, they just dealt Steven Matz to, to Toronto, uh, another guy who kind of fit that same mold, again, as a left-hander, a little bit more veteran experience. Uh, so I think, you know, you're right. If the season started 
today. Uh, those are probably the two guys filling out your rotation with maybe Seth Lugo, who's been so good in the bullpen for them as another potential starting option. They just picked up Jordan Yamamoto from Miami the other day. So they, they've got a couple, they've, they've built up their starting pitching depth more than where it's been in recent years, but they could probably still use more of an established arm uh, for the back end of that rotation going into the year. Yeah, Seth Lugo is such a, a great weapon for them to have because he's capable as a starter if they need him there, and he's lights out as part of the bullpen if they want to use him either as part of the bridge to Edwin Diaz or possibly to somebody else. This is a, a team that has plenty of depth in its stable of relievers. Edwin Diaz is being treated like the closer by the fantasy community. I think on most sets of rankings, you'll see him among the top five closers. It makes sense when you look at the strikeout rate, the underlying skills, but he's had a difficult time holding on to the job consistently. If you had to project saves in this Mets bullpen for 2021, would you give all of them to Diaz or would you get some other relievers involved too, whether it's Trevor May or Juris Familia or somebody else? I think I'd give most of them to Diaz. You know, there, there's going to there's always going to be the saves here and there that go somewhere else. But I think, you know, if, if Edwin Diaz entered 2020 as your set closer, the way he did for the Mets off of that 2019 season, he's certainly going to enter 2021 as the set closer uh, because he was much better in 2020 for them than he had been in his first season, which was more or less a disaster for him at the back end of games. He still did blow a few saves for the Mets in 2020. The, the secondary stats were all outstanding. The strikeout rate was absurd. Uh, his stuff looked really good uh, and in a more consistent fashion than it did at any point really in 2019. So I think he's he's still the number one primary that's the guy the Mets want to be their closer. They can shift off of that. Like you said, they've got other guys down there who have been closers. Lugo's done it for them uh, a little bit. Familia did it for them in the past. Batances has that experience. Uh, and Trevor May might be the first in line behind them, even without uh, as much major league closing experience. But I think, you know, if they, they want Diaz to run with that role. And I think given what he did last year, you expect him to at this point. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So, Tim, we talked a little bit about the potential uh, fallout with uh, the acquisition of Francisco Lindor, uh, but the Mets have also made a number of uh, smaller moves uh, this uh, offseason. And one of the uh, players that I, I want to circle back to something you said that, uh, you know, the Mets still don't really have a clear option in center field. And one of the players that they uh, have brought on board is Malik Smith. And so from a fantasy perspective, I think this could be really intriguing that at least it appears that there could be an opportunity for him to get some playing time in center field. Uh, how do you see that uh, potentially working out for Smith? I, I think the one downside he's got going for, the, for him is that he is a left-handed hitter 
and so many of their outfielders right now are also left-handed hitters. Brandon Nimmo's a lefty, Conforto's a lefty, Dom Smith, when he plays there, is a lefty, Jeff McNeil, who has played a lot out there the last few years, is a lefty. So, you know, we've seen them in the past couple of years kind of carry a right-handed caddy to Nimmo as their defensive replacement. Uh, that's That was Jake Marisnik last year, it was Juan Lagares for a little while, they had Keon Broxton in early 2019, um, and they've got Guillermo Heredia on the roster, currently a guy that they tendered a contract to in arbitration. He's probably got first crack at that role. Um, but uh, if they, if Smith, certainly if he comes through and starts producing the way he did a few years back in Tampa Bay, uh, that's a guy that, that could blossom into more of a regular option out there, um, especially if there is a designated hitter and they don't make a move in the next couple of weeks. Because, you know, I think they're prepared to enter the season with Nimmo as their center fielder and Smith as their left fielder, but they certainly don't want to do that. Well, it's uh, going to be something I'm certainly going to be watching because, again, there's a there's a real fantasy impact there uh, as regards to uh, to Malik Smith, and uh, also something too to consider. Uh, just to throw in a a dynasty league related question here with uh, Francisco Francisco Lindor being in the organization now. Uh, of course, the Mets have been loaded with uh, shortstop prospects, and they still do have Ronnie Mauricio uh, in the system. Do you see a position change in his future? I mean, if, if Lindor is extended the way the Mets, I think, expect to extend him, then yeah, I think you're looking more and more at Ronnie Mauricio as a third baseman moving forward uh, than as a shortstop. There's, that's always been uh, kind of in the cards for him as a potential destination given his size. He can probably get away at shortstop, but he's certainly not the plus defender uh, that Francisco Lindor has been. So if both of those guys are in your organization, I think the long-term plan is Lindor at shortstop for, you know, the next decade, uh, and Mauricio hopefully next to him starting late 2022, early 2023, some, something like that. All right. Well, something just to consider, perhaps, if uh, he's somebody who's somehow available in a dynasty league. Uh, so uh, definitely something that maybe has an impact on on Mauricio's value. So, uh, well, that's going to be it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you do take the time to do that. And uh, Tim, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to come and uh, talk some Mets with us and uh, get us in a uh, mindset to look at this team for uh, 2021. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, uh, My pleasure. Absolutely. So for Tim Britton and for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Thursday.